Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. I can't believe that we're just streaming and steaming through the month of July, the steamy month of July. It just seems like time goes so fast, but it certainly is made interesting when you observe and immerse yourself into the liturgical calendar, especially the Eastern churches, which is part of our mission and message on this program, Light of the East. This program is dedicated to the riches of the church East and West, primarily, of course, to the riches of the Eastern churches. But today I'm going to turn the table a little bit, not exactly, but a little bit, and talk a little bit about how the riches of the Western lung of the church are a gift to the Eastern church. Now, in doing so, we actually learn something about the Eastern churches, because just as St. John Paul II would point out in his Theology of the Body, you really cannot talk about man without at the same time talking about woman and vice versa. It's very similar with Jesus Christ and his mother. Any statement said about the mother of God Notice what I just said there. (laughs) Any statement said about the mother of God actually is a statement about Christ, even her name, at least the title we prefer in the Eastern churches, although we have many titles for her, we prefer this title, Mother of God, or in other words, Theotokos, or God-bearer. And just that statement alone, that title alone, tells you something about Christ, that the person she carried in her womb was fully human, yes, but also God. And that's why she's called the Mother of God. And so we cannot speak about Christ without speaking about the Virgin Mary at the same time. A statement about one is a statement about the other. And this is very clear in the iconography, where the Mother of God is always seen depicted with Christ. Well, it's very similar when we talk about the churches, or as St. John Paul II would say, the two lungs of the church, east and west. If we speak about one, we necessarily speak about the other, even if it's just implied or we draw certain conclusions or connect the dots. We may not speak specifically about the other lung of the church while we're speaking about one of the lungs, but nonetheless, there's an implication there and a connection there with the other lung. Hopefully that doesn't sound too confusing. (laughs) What I mean basically is you can't speak about one without necessarily in some way pointing to or including the other. So that's what we're doing today in our program. Oftentimes the question is asked, well, why 
is an Eastern Catholic church, Eastern Catholic? What's the point about being an Eastern church in union with the Pope of Rome? Why didn't we just remain Orthodox? Because that's how the Eastern Catholic churches were formed. They were parts of the Eastern Orthodox churches that reunited with Rome and Rome with them, with these parts of the Eastern Orthodox churches, starting about the 15th and 16th centuries. That's what makes us then Eastern Catholic. So what is the point? Why should we be in union with Rome? Is there an advantage? Is there a blessing? Are there gifts to be shared between East and West? Well, the answer is yes. Let's look at some of those gifts. First of all, the very fact that we have two lungs of the church breathing together, or as they should, as St. John Paul II would say, the fact that we have that teaches us a fundamental aspect of life, that life really is, in so many ways, even in the church, based upon this rhythm of complementarity. I liken the church sometimes to male and female, to man and woman. It's just a way, in terms of analogy, to describe the church and this complementarity. My way of looking at it is the Latin Rite Church, the Western Lung of the Church, can be symbolized for me more so by the male. The Eastern Church can be symbolized, in my mind, more easily by the female. Now, this is just my analogy. Others might share that, and I think if you think about it, and you listen to this program long enough, you see that it basically makes, I think, some sense. So we have a male-female, a complementarity, woven into the very existence of the church as East and West. And that teaches us and points to what I believe is a DNA of the whole order of creation. That is complementarity. I just see it everywhere, and I see it in the church. And we see it in the church, it reminds us of how it is in all of creation, even in God's relationship with us. God, the initiator, and we, the receiver. And then we return back to God that love that he gave to us. Very much like the relationship of lovers between man and woman. One initiates, one receives, and then sends back that love and that beautiful rhythm of love. The same thing happens between God and us. That's why we call, as St. John Paul II would in his Theology of the Body, he would call this that spousal mystery. And he said it was fundamental, fundamental to the whole order of creation and to understanding ourselves as human and our relationship with God. So this complementarity, I think, is significant. I think we have something very whole and holistic and complete wherever there is this complementarity. And I can't help seeing it woven like a DNA through all of the created order, including the church. So I think there is an advantage, a blessing, for an Eastern church to be united with the West, to be part of this complementarity. And because we have that complementarity, it means we have access to each other's riches. In other words, I as an Eastern Catholic or any Eastern Catholic can move about freely in the Latin Rite Church and vice versa. That means move about on all kinds of levels. Those we can work with each other. We can talk with each other. We can learn from each other. We can share each other's riches. We can move about in each other's houses while still preserving our own identities. So that's another advantage, this access to one another. It's like man and woman that can freely relate with each other and move about each other's worlds to an extent without losing who they really are. Another blessing of this complementarity is what we as Easterners need or learn from our Latin Rite brethren. Just as the Latin Rite learns some things from us and needs things from us, like man and woman, they both need each other to complete each other. So, too, does the East need riches from the West. Now, one of those things, I'm going to say this a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek. I am amazed, those of you who are listening may be Latin right, I'm amazed at your ability to use a clock. See, we Easterners, 
I don't even think we have the same numbers on our clock as you do. I mean, you can work beautifully within like 10 minutes after the hour, 20 minutes after the hour, 10.45, 10.40, 10.50. You use increments like that. And that always amazes me because it's an ingenious use of the clock, characteristic of the gifts of the West, where it's ability to be precise and concise and very orderly. As I mentioned, sometimes I wonder if we even have those numbers on our clock in the East. We tend to function from a certain timelessness. But what that does for us Easterners is it helps us to utilize time, or learn how to utilize time, how to approach things in a way that can be very effective, very concise, very ordered. And I have to admit that the type of numbers of people that my Latin Rite brethren deal with in other words, their size, their parishes and dioceses and so on are so much greater than those numbers we deal with in Eastern churches. So they have to be able to have that genius for order, for being able to use time and systems very concisely, very effectively. I have to admit, it definitely is one of the geniuses of the Western church, which we can profit from. We always profit from each other's genius. Doesn't mean we become like each other, but we learn from each other. So we kind of can rub off, and that's a good thing, just like man and woman. You know, a little bit of woman needs to rub off on man, and vice versa. Again, without losing our respective identities. Another aspect related to that is that sense of organization. In the East, we tend to be less organized. <laughs> Again, it's part of the, the charism. Not that we're not organized, but the West has a certain genius for that organization, for categories and in order and systems. And the reason why that is very effective, because in our day and age, it's a good way to deliver things. In other words, to deliver a message. It's an effective vehicle. We need vehicles to deliver a message. You can have a message. You can have the payload. But you need a delivery system, and that delivery system has to be adequate. It has to be effective. And part of the genius of the West is that they're able to come up with a very effective delivery systems for getting the word out there, for getting the profile of the church out there and engaging the world. And that's something that we Easterners can learn and profit from. In fact, we do profit from our Latin Rite brethren. When we come back, I'm going to continue talking about how the Western church is a gift to the Eastern churches and becoming aware of that in turn, we actually help to define one another. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to 
Tabor Life at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R Life at earthlink.net. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lowe, your host. And we're talking today about, well, we're turning the tables just a little bit, but not exactly. Because as I mentioned, whenever we talk about one lung of the church, as John Paul II would call it, we necessarily imply or have to talk about the other. So today we're talking about the Latin Rite Church, the Western lung of the church, and how it's a gift to the Eastern churches. But in doing so, we also reveal and learn things about the Eastern churches. So it's never totally impossible to parcel out one lung of the church from the other. It's just like man and woman. If you want to talk about the human race, you necessarily have to talk about male and female. Same thing with the church, east and west. So a little bit more about the, the genius, the gifts of the Latin Rite Church. One of those geniuses is their sense of order and solidity, which has really been a big help to the eastern churches wherever they were in areas that had political chaos or oppression. For example, in recent history under communism, where especially Eastern Catholic churches were oppressed. They were liquidated. They went underground. And they weren't always able to have access to their own devotions. Well, the Latin Rite Church, being more organized, being more monolithic, was less affected by the oppressive power of communism. And some of the Latin Rite devotions, the avenues to prayer, are the only things that some of the Eastern Catholic churches could avail themselves of because their church was taken away from them as it went underground under oppression. The monolithic character, and when I say monolithic, that is not in any way derogatory. It's a description of a certain solidity. Again, a gift, the genius of the West. Very unified under one very, very visible head. To be aligned with that also gives a certain protection. It can help the Eastern churches, as I mentioned, when historically many times they were, they were in chaos, or they were smaller, or they were floundering, or they were oppressed. And in fact, my own church, the Eastern Catholic churches, the Byzantine Catholic Church or the Ruthenian jurisdiction, which is one of those Slavic jurisdictions of the Byzantine rite, we were actually part of what motivated us to come back into reunion with Rome back in the 16th century back in the 15th and 16th centuries, was the fact that we became disconnected with our patriarch, who was in Constantinople, because of the invasion of Islam at the time. 
when the Byzantine church started to go into a bit of a disarray and became disconnected with its more outlying areas. And so the Latin Rite was there. They were stronger, they were more stable, and they were able to, in a sense, rescue us. They gave us a certain stability by reuniting with Rome. Those eastern churches in that area of the world became strengthened. Yes, the reunions were not perfect. That's a whole other subject that we've dealt with and will continue to deal with in this program. But nonetheless, there was a certain solidity, a certain rescuing, a certain strength that was provided by reuniting with Rome at the time. Rome being that very strong monolithic entity of the church, part of their genius. And along with that then came the avenues for education. The western lung of the church provided avenues for education that weren't necessarily available for some of the eastern churches at different times in their history. And that still is true today. Latin Rite has magnificent institutions of education that we avail ourselves of. I myself avail myself of that when I was a student in Rome studying for the priesthood. We have fine institutions of education in the Eastern churches, but by and large, there are many and very, very established ones, very prominent and very, very effective ones throughout the Latin Rite Church. And to be associated with that, to have access to that, is another gift. In fact, one of the greatest centers, if not the greatest center on earth for Eastern Christian spirituality, for resources in Eastern Christian spirituality is actually a Jesuit library. That's right. It's at the Oriental Institute. It's established by Jesuits, Roman Catholic Jesuits, who were also by ritual in Rome. And that library is used even by Orthodox scholars. Related to this access to education and library and resources would be another gift of the Western Lung of the Church to the East. And that is, I call it the delivery system. For example... Look at the Catholic Catechism, the universal Catholic Catechism. Now, I think we Easterners have to be humble and admit, I don't know if we could ever pull off anything quite like that. That takes a very organized, monolithic church with a great genius for organization and utilizing time and resources and so on. The Catholic Catechism is one of those examples of what I call the genius for the delivery system. And again, related to that, is though our Western brothers and sisters teach us, and they help us because we're aligned with them, to engage the world. In other words, Jesus Christ said, go forth and teach all nations. We're supposed to take the gospel to the world. Remember, they are Father. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We're supposed to sanctify this earth. I mean, it's already sanctified, but we're supposed to Continue that sanctification of it by bringing the Word of God everywhere, to all places, to all people. And the Latin Rite has a great genius for that. And they're able to dialogue or engage the world. In other words, it's like, in other words, as though they could step up to anybody in the world, the stranger on the street, and so on, and start to articulate something about the faith and the gospel. Not that Eastern churches can't. But the West Church has a particular genius for moving out there and engaging. Perhaps that's the reason why the Western Church is much more common in more areas of the world than the Eastern Churches. They have a genius for getting the word out there, for evangelizing in this very active, external way. In other words, they move out from themselves in a very, very effective way. And we Easterners, we evangelize in a different way. We evangelize in a complementary way, something like a queen. 
a beautiful queen. We evangelize by drawing people to us by an overpowering beauty. But even the queen has to go out and visit her subjects sometimes. She has to make herself known. So that making herself known, moving beyond herself, especially beyond any provincialism and some of these so-called ethnic enclaves, is something that we can learn from the Latin rite. And being connected with them, we're free to learn from them. We can talk to them. They can talk to us. They can speak to us. We can share each other's riches and dialogue. Another gift of the Western Church, of the Eastern Churches, is that we can learn from them how various forms of expression, meaning art and music, can thrive in the church and be very effective. It allows for a lot of creativity. In the Eastern Church, we basically codified a chant or art form and architectural form, which is good. Again, that's a genius. Always remember now, it's very important to keep in mind, in comparing East and West, we do so not in terms of one better than the other or one has a deficit. It's about one having a strength or a completion for the other. But at the same time, they all have their respective geniuses. So the Eastern Church has a particular genius for having codified certain art forms and architecture and music and so on. The Western Church allowed a greater freedom in that regard. As the Western Church expanded, it was more open. It tends to be more open to other forms of expression. The Western Church, it's as if it comes upon a culture and it looks at it and says, hmm, this is kind of interesting. Maybe we can use this. So maybe this will work. The Eastern Church looks at a culture and says, hmm, I don't know about that. We know how it's supposed to be done. This is how we're doing it. I'm not so sure about that. Again, this is not a deficit in the East. It's just a different way, a different emphasis, and it illustrates how we both need each other to complete each other. The West shows how there can be development in the church that's still legitimate. Now, that has to be legitimate development. Not every change is going to be good. The openness the West has always has to be at the same time, balanced by not being too open, not just accepting everything. But nonetheless, their great genius is to be able to go about the world and be open to other possibilities and incorporate those possibilities, but still within a consistency that is the church, that is in line with the doctrine, the dogma, the correct expressions, liturgy, and so on. At least this is what the Latin Rite Church has a great genius for. And we can learn that from the East. Again, it's like man and woman. A man is not supposed to become a woman or vice versa, but they do need each other to temper each other, to rub off each other a bit because they each have a completion of the other. The same thing works in the church, and I cannot emphasize that enough. So remember, whenever we compare the two, we're comparing the complementary geniuses of each other, but those geniuses find their completion in the other. Hopefully, as you're listening to this program today, you might be thinking of other items too, like, oh, he should say this, or what about that? At least I hope you are. That's a good thing, because it shows you how many riches there are in the church, east and west, in both lungs of the church, and how much we really need each other's riches. And that is part of the message of this program. And therefore, I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media.
Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak. The church has 2,000 years of wisdom to share on what it takes to live life gracefully. We're so overwhelmed by how much our faith has transformed our marriage and family, especially. We want everyone to experience the incredible gift that the Catholic vision of life and love really is. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchak. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. (laughs) 